The following is a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during Men Making Health a Priority are solely that of the hosts or guests and not those of 1017 The Truth, Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC, or All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Black men are strong and filled with rich heritage. We black men matter, and our health should be a priority. Now is the time to educate ourselves on how we can live a longer and fuller life for our families and, most importantly, ourselves. This is Men Making Health a Priority, presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Here are your hosts, Dr. Ken Harris and Dr. Bashir Easter. Good day and welcome. You are listening to Men Making Health a Priority, another Saturday morning where I'm hanging out with Dr. Bashir Easter. That's right. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you doing, Doc? Um, I'm, I'm here. Seems like it's been a while, but it really hasn't because no. you're finally here. You know, yes. Usually you just travel so much and... You know, he's called me from his car, an airplane, a train. It's important. I mean, it's it's but but that's one of the things that's important. So we talk about literally men making health an actual priority in their lives because we've watched too many African American men die from things that are so preventable. Yes. And so today we're gonna be talking something special that's near and dear to my heart, getting the divine nine connected to all of us. Now yes. we, we talk about a lot of organizations. We have a lot of legacy organizations, but I think the ultimate legacy organizations are the fraternities and sororities that made black culture and black America what it is today. Yes. The, you know, Alpha, Omega Psi Phi, Phi Beta Sigma, you know, Kappa Alpha Psi, fraternities that when you looked and you saw that picture of um, Martin Luther King at the Lorraine Motel, Mm. right? You look around him and him being an alpha and... Jesse Jackson being an Omega Psi Phi, Megar Evers being a, you know, Phi Beta Sigma, all the people that had anything to do with civil rights and what we have today were there. But the but the the great thing about it, they were all members of the Divine, well, then the Elite Eight, mm. but now members of the Divine Nine. We have two guests here, and I want to introduce them because they represent organizations within the Divine Nine, as myself, I do, mm-hmm. Alpha Phi Alpha. Um, Selwyn Jarvis from Omega Sci-Fi. How are you today, sir? I'm well, thank you. How about yourself? Good to have you here. Love that shirt. Appreciate it. You know, Appreciate it. You got half of it right. <laughs> you know, the whole gold part. The purple. The whole gold part. <laughs> and so... Mr. Bell, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How about you, sir? Lawrence Bell from Phi Beta Sigma. It's funny because people on the outside always hear us talk about each other, but don't really understand that we're just all black Greeks and Mm -hmm. that, how how can I say it like this? I can talk about Phi Beta Sigma. I can talk about Omega Psi Phi. You can't. Mm. They can talk about Alpha. But you can't because it's that that kinship, that family, that love. That you mess with one, you, mm. you, you might be messing with all of us. <laughs> and so that always works. But just like in each of our organizations, when it comes down to health, mm-hmm. it gets really quiet. Right. And we've had those brothers that have passed away at young ages. And we're wondering, like, what happened? And you hear, oh, it's prostate cancer. How could it possibly be prostate cancer? And you're in your 30s. Aren't you going to the doctor? Mm-hmm. You're in your 40s. Those types of things. So what we want to look at, how can we connect 
the divine nine to all of us mm-hmm. and the research that they do. And so, first of all, I want, um, I'll start with Selwyn. Tell me about your organization, Omega Sci-Fi, um, some of the history and what they're doing today in Milwaukee. Well, um, let's see. I belong to a part of the grad chapter here, which is Kappa Phi. Uh, it's located on Second and Center. Um, historically, you know, uh, Omega Sci-Fi was founded on Howard University's campus, November seventeenth, nineteen eleven, on a cold, rainy, stormy Friday night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of but, course, but um, you know, I think locally here we try to do a lot of things regarding um, related to the community. Um, we've been involved in book bag drives, voter registration, uh, working at the polls, um, blood donations, um, just several things. And again. I believe this focus on men's health is so important. Uh, we've lost some members here locally, um, you know, recently uh, due to health issues. Um, so it's always prevalent, uh, a conversation that we're having, um, trying to stay healthy and just kind of stay informed about ways to improve that. All right. Lawrence Bell, Phi yes, Beta Sigma. Uh, all right. So like you said, my name is Lawrence Bell. Um, Phi Beta Sigma uh, we are a grad chapter in Milwaukee. I'm part of the grad chapter, uh, Delta Xi Sigma. And I recently just finished my, pretty much felt like a four-year uh, run as the president. Uh, so I've been able to, you know, get to experience the different arms and legs of right. the fraternity right. uh, from a different standpoint than I did as a, a general member. Uh, we were founded January 9th, 1914 at Howard University as well. Um, we had three founders, and uh, our motto, Culture for Service, Service for Humanity, is kind of in the blood of every member that I've run across. And um, as far as the the things that we do in the community, we focus a lot more on education and scholarship. We have a lot of educators that are in our organization. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, I'm a youth director, so I'm, I'm all, always working with right. some type right. of youth or young adult uh, initiative. Um, and right now we're really focused on getting ready for the, the fall election. Uh, but what's been cool is uh, after I stepped out of my president role, I stepped into our social action, which I can talk about later if, if we uh, get to that. Um, that's one of our programs. And mm-hmm. I did Living Well Wednesdays. And that's kind of helped me as far as, ah. uh, you know, my own personal health, mm-hmm. uh, as well as being able to share information with the community and with the brotherhood itself. Okay. Okay. Are you a part of all of us? Yes, sir. Are you a part of all of us? I uh, began the process, but yes, okay. I, I still have to do some Because we were about to put him in a headlock <laughs> and get him, get, get him in. And so, uh, Dr. Easter, if you yes. can tell us what exactly is all of us? So all of us, uh, really, for it's a national program uh, started in 2015 under the Barack Obama administration. It really was on the initiative of uh, getting our electronic health records all together so people have access to their information. But in that, um, it moved a little more. It's looking to get a million uh, individuals to be able to give their data. Uh, that's that blood, their urine, their measurements to be used to find treatments and medications that fit you or individuals. We talk about uh, precision medicine, precise. I use that example of glasses, our glasses that I wear, you wear. Uh, Dr. Ken, I can't wear yours, you can't wear mine. They're prescribed just for me. So medications and treatments right now have been only tested on middle-aged white men. 
And we're all taking them, but we're all different. So we're trying to find out what fits us individually. And they're using that as uh, um, the research to find out how we can do that. So in uh, connecting to the community, uh, Milwaukee is the ninth state. Wisconsin is the ninth state to be a part of the All of Us program. Mm -hmm. And um, doing that conversation is, you talk about underrepresented populations. One of the biggest focuses is people of color to be a part of research who stepped away from research or not a part of research because of the way they were treated or we were treated uh, in research. So being connected um, to the sororities and the fraternity is very important because they're having the pulse of the community, but they're also understanding uh, the history that goes along with that while we're having this conversation today. So, Lawrence, why are you a part of it already? Like, you're already enrolled. Why? Yeah. Um, so I think back in 2019, my church had a, a health fair, and all of us was there. And out of all the different um, tables that I stopped at, this one, I was more interested in because what was presented to me was something mm -hmm. that would uh, be something that's greater than than just what I was focused on at the time, be greater than me. And I think all of us, most people, uh, I believe, want to be a part of something that goes past them and that can leave like a legacy. So for me, it was like, oh, we get to use, you know, some of our, our uh, health histories and things like that um, to help the next generation. And that's when I, I, it took a while for me to do my surveys, like maybe like two years. <laughs> yeah. but uh, it took a while, but I did finally uh, finish, I want to say it was during the pandemic. So that kind of helped because things okay. slowed down so okay. I could take time to do those. But I was really interested in being a part of it uh, because I didn't see it as like a, a big, um, a big ask. It's, it's just really um, sharing, which is what we do all the time. We share knowledge, we share information to help somebody else. And I think that's one of the uh, biggest things that drew me to um, participate in all of us. So when looking at the future, right, so you're still in the process, but 10 years from now, you're going to be the, the history he talked about mm -hmm. to somebody who's actually getting help, medication, treatment based on something you did. How does that make you feel as you kind of start this process with all of us? Well, I do think it's very important, um, you know, to Dr. Bashir's point, uh, a lot of the research previously wa wasn't focused on African-Americans and um, medication wasn't, you know, designed to really uh, pinpoint things that we may deal with that may be different. So I think if I could help in, in terms of those that come after me or um, same age or older, or, you know, just different things of that nature, if my DNA or my blood or urine could be helped and uh, could be used used to help find some kind of uh, solutions to issues that we deal with specifically, I think that's very important. So does this fit into the health initiatives of the fraternity? I believe so. Um, I think, again, we're, we're trying to be more involved as it relates to especially black male health. Um, as you get older, you got to make sure, you know, prostate and different things of that nature that you, you get tested, that you, you, you have regular follow ups with your doctors, that you know your levels. Uh, all too often, we don't go to the doctor unless there is a uh, issue, unless there is a serious issue. So just getting in the habit of having a, a primary health provider, um, you know, and having those regular appointments and checkups, I think that aligns with where the organization is trying to make sure we we voice that. Bashir, what? What part of fraternities and sororities fits well with all of us? You know, you've, you've got so many facets that a person can plug into. You know, Selwyn mentioned the, you know, diabetes and all sorts of things. But, but how, do, how, do we, how do we fit these organizations in? There, there are five of them. There are five mm -hmm, fraternities, mm -hmm. 
for sororities? How, how are we going to fit them in? So some of the things they, that the, they already do is they have a health conscious, a community conscious, community focused. There's something they've already embedded um, in their, their community work. So the All of Us program has a holistic view of an individual. So they right. don't just talk about health. They talk about everything that's around that. So their community, their connections to family and friends, they have all these other components. So the groups that we are discussing and trying to bring them together is to be able to say, how can we add this as a tool that you can use to get to the mass of people that you have connected in your groups to understand that you can get data information by enrolling in this program? So what is some of that data? So you get back your genetic information. That's that's very important, but people want to know, hey, I want to know my ancestry information. So you get that back. You know that, Dr. King. You get to find out where you're from and what's your percentage that you're coming from. You get that information. So genetic information is your hereditary risk, um, and that being your 59 genes of hereditary risk and then your seven genes of medication sensitivity. These are things that um, some people may know and some people don't know. But the groups that are providing these services to the community and giving information out, you can now use that data as a tool to right. help others. And that's a large group to be able to do that. So I think it's a great fit. All right. When we come back, I want to ask Selwyn and Lawrence the number one thing, not that they want to give to all of us, but what they want to get from all of us. You're listening to Men Making Health a Priority on the new 1017 The Truth. We'll be right back. You're listening to Men Making Health a Priority, presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to 1017 The Truth. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. We're back. Men Making Health a Priority. Thanks for joining us this morning. We're here with Dr. Bashir Easter. Um... All of us extraordinary. That's, 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 your new, that's, that's your new title. That's it. Huh? We're already here with Lawrence Bell from Phi Beta Sigma and Selwyn Jarvis from Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. It's it's a pleasure to have you guys here. Um, earlier, we were talking about how you plugged into all of us, but I, I wanted to ask you, what is it? Uh, Lawrence, that you actually want from all of us. It's enough that you give, you know, you give your blood and you give your DNA and they can use it and track it and testing and all that. But what do you want all of us to give you? Man, uh, I, I guess just the, the understanding of what I, I, I guess, yeah, just the heredity part is, is mm -hmm. my biggest thing. Um, I actually just recently also participated with the uh, ancestry dna kit too right to find out i just feel like once i and, and it's good for anybody too once we know more about who we are we know how to better um walk in this life that we have because it's only one right and i think that it really helps uh by having our health as a priority so i think that with all of us just just learning about what parts of me i you know need to watch out for um, and me being my mm -hmm. family history, uh, bloodstream, everything in that, as well as, um, you know, mental things, too, because mental health is really big mm -hmm. in our community right now. And I want to know that so that I can help for, you know, future generations. I'm I'm more so like, like a helper right. than I am, right. like, right. worry about myself too much. So yeah. that's why I keep going back ministry to that. helps. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's it. But then, Selwyn, you're in, in a couple of weeks, you're going to be done. Right. So what do you want to say? All right. I'm done. I gave you this. What do you want to get? Well, I think overall, um, 
more education and I think the ease of the mistrust that the African-American community especially has around programs like this that are collecting Mm -hmm. samples. I think, you know, from a historic standpoint, when you look at like the Tuskegee experiment and different things like that, the African-American community automatically has mistrust when it comes to certain programs. So I think continuing to educate, ease the mistrust, um, I think that will really uh, bridge the gap and allow more people to seek help um, and get better understanding of their health history. Dr. Bashir, all yes. of us is it's a national effort. You're trying to build the largest, most diverse database. Yes. When we think diversity, we always think black, white, Hispanic, Asian, male, female. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, gender preference, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you look at a fraternity or sorority, the diversity that's within that Mm -hmm. just group of people, just that group of, what, a million, two million people, Mm -hmm. is so diverse and so representative of every every diaspora. How, How can all of us take that information and make it relevant to us? So what's so interesting that when I started to even get a a part of this, um, as uh, Selwyn mentioned, there's the mistrust that's there, right? Correct. So just just understand that the National Panhellenic Council is all in all of us. I want you to get that. So all these locations that talked about Tuskegee, Howard, all these areas, Mississippi, that had the mistrust in those things that were done to them, they've all leaned in to say our voice needs to be a part of this. That's different. Yeah, That's one of the yeah. different pieces. And so we talk about who is actually leading some of the efforts. Uh, our chief engagement officer is Dr. Kareem Watson. Uh, it's a brother out of Chicago. Um, and so when we talk about the, the voices that are being heard in that, it's going to be people of color's voices that are being heard in regards to it. And why that's important, it is to not step away from research. It's to actually take over research. Because the reality of it is we're, we're on the top of the list of all of these medical wait, 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 issues. Wait, but not explain that. You say okay. take over research. Take over research. Of this, us. Yes. We okay. have to be the ones to be a part of the research, not just to be the participants, but we need to be the doctors, the researchers, the ones to be able to use the data. Why is that important? When I said middle-aged white men are the ones they were tested on, all of these researchers are skewed. Because there's not enough diversity in the research to be able to give a true understanding of what actually helps individuals um, better their lives because we're all so different. So as you go back to your point, to have that much diversity that's a part of this and moving the initiative, that means you're going to have more diverse doctors, researchers, uh, therapists. We talk about genetic piece, the genetic ones that actually use the information and actually get the information and download to get your DNA. There are are middle-aged white women. There are not enough yeah, people that's yeah. using the, pulling the data to you to understand it. So that pipeline is also important. So exposure is also important. So to have more involved, we want more involved um, to continue this on. Selwyn, what assumptions did you make when you heard about all of us? That, that first time you heard about it? Um, I, I, having known Dr. Bashir personally, mm-hmm. um, I didn't have as many reservations. But, I, I mean, we have friends that have had concerns with, mm-hmm. you know. What, they thought I was getting paid. I know. About to give all this stuff away. That's yeah, what they said. And, <laughs> and, and what the government is going to do with our, you know, creating <laughs> right. clones. Who knows what else, you <laughs> right. know. But, um, you know, I think my reservations were um, – subsided in in knowing Dr. Bashir and understanding the work and he he did a great job of educating me on it. 
Um, for me personally, I feel like I'm in pretty good health. Uh, you know, I work out a lot. Um, I eat, try to eat healthy. My levels are good. So I think that's somewhat of why I've dragged my feet with, you know, being all in <laughs> okay. just because, you know, I, I don't and not to say it like that, but I, I didn't have any health issues. But as I get older, I want to make sure that that continues to be true. Um, and, and continuing to understand how your DNA could also impact you outside of just the regular working out and eating right. Lawrence, I got to throw you out there. You're the youngin in here. Yeah, right? everywhere I go. And uh. so, <laughs> and so, and so, th- throwing out this information right into the universe, where you'll actually live long enough to see significant changes in health. Because you were able to do that. How can how can Phi Beta Sigma move that forward? And I know you can't speak for the fraternity. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't speak for the whole fraternity. Uh, right. So I'll kind of speak on uh, the thing I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So with one of our programs, Social Action, that's uh, I'm part of that uh, committee right now. And over the past, the first six months of the year, um, we have a program initiative called Sigma Wellness. And that kind of has like five different facets, living balanced, um, living fit, living responsibly, living risk-free, and living, uh, it's one more I can't think of right now, but it hits on things like diet and nutrition, cancer risk, uh, sexual health, mental and physical and spiritual health, things like that. Um, So I started this podcast because I was like, I really want to do something with Sigma Wellness um, this year. I knew mental health was a big thing. I knew that... um, just I wanted to personally be able to share with my community, and that's what Sigma Wellness is about, is being able to share information, important information, with the brotherhood and the community around us. Right. So I saw, you know, a lot of people doing podcasts and stuff nowadays. So, yeah. you know, the little face uh, emoji you can make on uh, the bitmoji you can make on yep. iPhones. Mm-hmm. So I did that every month, and it's okay. on YouTube and Facebook, and I had uh, different sessions where I would literally just talk, and I talk about... Um, diet and nutrition. I'll talk about um, reducing your cancer risk and things like that. And going back to Doc's point, he's like, I was looking at the the research, and some of the stuff I had to change because it didn't relate to, <laughs> to black men. It didn't relate to Correct. black people. Correct. Um, and I had to go, you know, even further and do more research because I I do want to share this information with my community, but I don't want to give them, mm-hmm. you know, the wrong information. And I think that's what's happened a lot. So with Sigma, uh, we have that arm of our fraternity where we can um, use different things, trends and stuff that's going on to be able to share the right information. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how we can uh, move forward with it. I want to jump back to Selwyn. What was it about the whole genetic piece that made you hesitate? Um, I think anytime you are giving, you know, uh, information about yourself from a DNA standpoint, there is some trepidation as to how it's going to be used. Um, you know, there, of course, you know, you've, we've read or heard things in terms of what the government does with your information and how it could be utilized. Um, you know, look at uh, COVID or monkeypox or any of that type of stuff. You never know, you know, what kind of uh, use that some of this research has gone towards. So there, I think automatically there's somewhat of a mistrust of the, of the government. Um, but as you think about you know, health and living longer and all the different things that we continue to be ailed with that we haven't found a a cure for. 
Um, you know, cancer is prevalent, uh, especially prostate cancer in black men. Um, you know, there's sickle cell. There's a number of different things that specifically uh, African-American community deals with. And it goes, it kind of reigns true that if we're not submitting our, our DNA or our blood and things like that to help in the research to battle these things, then what can we expect that it, it'll just continue to be a issue? So, um, you know, we've made so many advancements in in medicine that why not? Why not uh, be part of a solution rather than continuing to live in fear and continuing to deal with these diseases? So when we come back, I really want to look at and I'm going to start with Dr. Bashir because you know, he, he gets <laughs> he gets put out on the front line first. <laughs> I want to look at balancing diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And we talk about prevention. And we talk about treatment. Mm-hmm. Something Selwyn said made me think, how do you balance that with me giving you my most intimate information that once I give it, it's the like if I put something on social media, I can delete it. If I put something on Twitter or Instagram, put a picture out, I can get rid of it. But once I give you my DNA, I can't get it back. I want to talk about the balance between that Mm -hmm. and a person, as I did, as I the decision I made, decision Lawrence made, decision Selwyn made to give that information Mm -hmm. and what that future looks like. Also explain the process of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Men Making Health a Priority here on the new 1017 The Truth. More of Men Making Health a Priority presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships is next on the new 1017 The Truth. The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. We're back. I'm Dr. Ken Harris, Dr. Bashir Easter. Selwyn Jarvis and Lawrence Bell. We're here on Men Making Health a Priority. Thanks for joining us this Saturday morning. Getting the Divine Nine connected to all of us. How are we going to do that? I think first, uh, before the break, we were we were talking about our experiences, but then we talked about balancing the 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 di- diagnosis, prevention, and treatment. You know, those are some things that, that, that we get from all of us, right? It's going to tell us all these things. It's going to go through our DNA. These are some things you're susceptible to. Here's some things you can do to change. But how do you balance that with the health information I'm giving you? Like, I'm giving, I'm giving you my, my life force, my blood, and I'm giving you my DNA. I mean, you can find me anywhere in the world. Like, hey, where you going? I mean, I, I, I'd be better giving you a fingerprint. I can yeah. put a glove on it, but I'm giving you my DNA. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that process of, one, why it's so important that a black man transfer that health information so that it benefits the entire world population? But also, what's the whole research process? Mm-hmm. Like, what are, what are the safeguards built in with all of us? Absolutely. So first, I would say... Uh, we should have received this information a long time ago, and I mean your DNA. Everyone should have a snapshot of themselves. No, oh, I'm glad you said that because I was like, he probably get my DNA away. What? Everyone should have Man, a snapshot of themselves because that is who you are. Right. 
and you should be able to have the information to go to any doctor, any physicians, instead of them testing on you, you can say what actually is going on with me for my cell level. So I'll say that first. All of us has given us the ability to get that information back. It doesn't mean that's the only way, but that's just one of the ways that's able to, to get that back. Um, and so what are some of the pieces? So as soon as you come in and you actually do your consents, you have to do consents. You have to first understand what you're doing. So you have to go through all the vignettes, right. the information. That takes about three hours to read through all that information, the whole process. But it's important that you read that and know what it looks like because you're doing just that, Ken. You're giving up your essence. Right. Right? right. And so also you need to understand with those consents, you also have the ability to say what you want to get back. You may not want all of that information to come back to you. So you have a right at that point to say, do not send me all of this information. I only want a certain amount of information to come back to me. Okay. You have, always have control in that as well. You also have the control to disenroll in the program as well. Mm-hmm. When you disenroll, any information that you've given uh, at that point will be destroyed. But everything that they use is still usable. Correct. Right. So that's the other part. But is it but is it identifiable? No. So de-identified. So when you actually put in, you are de-identified. And what that means is you are now giving a number. You are code that actually is just listed. And all the information is given is separated. So your name, your information, also the data that you've given is splitting. It's splitting. How can I talk? It's split. (laughs) It's split to three organizations. So you have the Mayo Clinic. You have the uh, Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. All of this information is actually separated. So no one. So everybody has a piece. Everybody. But nobody knows who it goes exactly. to. Exactly. Right? The okay. only way okay. will come back to you, you have no paperwork, is if they actually find something that, that looks as if is major to your health. Like detrimental you to your health. It, it right. comes back to you as information to say you right. need to get in contact with your physician or doctor because of this. Like if they do it and they find out you're HIV positive and you didn't know because so, you got blood two weeks ago and you didn't think about it, not gave blood, mm-hmm. but got blood, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they'll contact you. Exactly. Okay. You got it. You're telling it like better than me. So as we talk <laughs> about the information that you get back, so they're like, well, how do I get my, my information? You do get your DNA code that right. comes back to you. Okay. The difference is now your information that you gave out is now considered in a workbench right. that you can actually get into and use, but it's listed as, say, you want to pull data from uh, men aged 50 to 62. Okay. And they're in this zip code. They're just going to give you that, that data, but not any specifics in regards to it. Do okay. you know what I mean? Okay. The other part of it that you uh, need to understand is that once that um, the information is there, no one else can see it. And so meaning no one else can see it, no one says will know that you're part of the All of Us program unless you've told them. Right. And you have that also that right as well to let people know if you are part of it or not. Uh, The goal is to be able to say, well, how can I use this information? So when that data comes back, you will be connected to a genetic counselor that you can call to talk about that information that you will receive. We do believe, though, in Milwaukee, that's not enough to just have a phone to call someone that may be in D.C. or some other area. You want to talk to someone in person. And so we're really trying to push that initiative to have someone directly that you can sit down and have this real conversation about this information that you receive. We talked about that um, health literacy. Remember we talked about right, that? Right. And that conversation of right. what we say being fluent in, in health, that is what we're trying to get people to be ready for when that data does come back. So it goes back to my point is we should have had this a long time ago. We should have been taught this, that our data is very important and we should know how to use it instead of someone later in years to say, hey, you know, your DNA is important. Well, what does it tell me? Everything about you. And how your mother and your father came together and made you. And now you need to know how you are ticking in your life based off of hereditary risk. It blew my mind when I first understood it. And that's our mission that we're doing moving forward. Selwyn, what lifestyle changes have you made just in the process? 
I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but, um, but I, I want to know detail. Well, for me, <laughs> I, I did find a primary uh, health provider. Um, I, I wasn't going to the doctor regularly. Okay. Um, okay. I think I was just like, eh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But now I, I go for annual checkups. Um, you know, um, even at my job, they've done some biometric screening so that, you know, you check your cholesterol, your, mm-hmm. your uh, body mass index and all those things. So I think I'm more conscious about uh, not just working out because I've you know I think I've always been of the mindset to work out run and uh, eat healthy but to also really do the scientific piece to make sure that I'm checking my levels that I have a primary health provider and and those things are very important outside of just Mm -hmm. you know trying to live a healthy lifestyle. Lawrence, you mentioned earlier, but you kind of shied away from the music. Yeah, I had to make some changes and then stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of noticed that. And so if, if you care to share, what, what kind of changes did you, you know, I mean, uh, well, subtle, subtle changes are one thing, but it sounds like you had to make some serious, like, I need to change this. Like, yeah, now. so some... Uh, one, I, I I don't like going to the gym, so I'm, I'm not like my brother here. But <laughs> I go and I make okay. sure at least I try to go, um, you know, three times a week and and at least do something. Um, and I think that's that's where a lot of people struggles, including myself, like just getting up to go, um, doing that, making changes in my health, like eating uh, less like red meats, because I know those are things that you know could cause more problems later down the road for me. So I eat more. Uh, fish and things like that, which actually, for me, I feel like has uh, helped me with uh, like having allergies because uh, I learned that certain foods, you know, can affect how your mm-hmm. body interacts with mm-hmm. nature and with the weather. So, yeah, so things like that mm-hmm. are some yeah. of the changes that I've uh, experienced. And then going back to being able to help other people, I've been more uh, open and encouraged with sharing this information and encouraging other people to focus on health mm-hmm. and focus on their life uh, a little bit more. I remember when I was your age and I came home one day and I was just beat. I mean, I couldn't get up, tired. I was energetic all day, mm-hmm. got home, sat down, rested for about 20 minutes, went to get back up, and my body was like, where are you going? Mm-hmm. Dude, sit down. Yeah, your body was, will tell you. I was like, what? Yeah. like, huh? Had to call my wife. You know, she came in, and she and she's an RN. And she said something that made me go, what? Like, what are you talking about? She said, you need to get an allergy test. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. a what? <laughs> an allergy <laughs> test. You're probably allergic to something. I'm yeah. like, okay. I don't know. Went and got an allergy test. And so now they give you like like 32 different tests yeah. at one time. Yeah. And I got the whole stamp thing. Mm-hmm. Allergic to 28 of them. Wow. You know, some some major, some low level, but just the fact that I knew that and I changed my diet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Changed what we, everything. What we learned also growing up, um, we, we don't think about it, of course, until, you know, things start happening with our health, but our bodies are fragile. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we kids, so. we, you know, we unstoppable. We, we, we <laughs> until, <laughs> until you stop. Jumping out of trees <laughs> and stuff. Right, right. <laughs> but then we learn as we get older, you know, your body is fragile even to the things that you intake, right. to the things that you mentally intake, mm-hmm. physically intake, all of that. Yeah. And I think that this is a great part. Um, to that, like my, my grandfather had dementia. I know that's something that is in my family, so that's something I'll be more cautious and more aware of. Um, so things like that, even learning about uh, mental health, physical health, things that mm-hmm. can impact me and can impact future generations behind me. 
Ooh, I, I got one for you because yeah. I, I watched him and he was doing his presentation a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So it may not be that it's in your family. It may be simply what you eat and where you work. Mm-hmm. That too. Is putting something in you that's causing dementia. Mm. Yeah. To think that we didn't have all of us and that for decades we were doing things and we thought it ran in our family. So we stopped doing this. Like, stop taking care of it. Well, I'm going to get it anyway, so I may as well just go on. And mm-hmm. When, in fact, that may not be so. And that's something all of us can tell us with our DNA. Yes. And but, with the research and the surveys. Because they ask correct. about, you know, correct. what is your work life like? Yep. What is your, your relationships with your family and things mm-hmm. like that? Um, and I thought that was cool, too, that it's not just, you know, your physical, mm-hmm. but it's also things around you and what you're doing that's just like the person in California, you know? Yeah. So. But that means that the environment affects the you. Environment, yeah. The people in your life affect you. Yes, sir. And then you yourself. Selwyn, what's the one thing you're going to change from this point forward? Uh, <laughs> Not all at once. I know, right? <laughs> uh, so um, I think, you know, again, just be more focused on the health. I think regular checkups um, and you know, I am going to get uh, more information from a DNA standpoint. So uh, my family's from Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so I'm first generation American. And um, it's sometimes difficult when you talk to your family history to find out, like, um, how far back you could go with your grandparents, your great grandparents, what did they pass of and different things like that. So I think understanding from a DNA standpoint what mm-hmm. things you may be inclined or what diseases you may, uh, you know, whether it's high blood pressure or kidney issues, some of those things get lost in family history. Um, so I think it's important that you kind of understand or do some research on your own DNA so that you you ha- you could prevent against future illness. So I think, again, I'll be finalizing my, my stuff with all of us in order to get more specific information right, about brother, my, my DNA. Right. Um, I'll continue, again, to be more diligent about my doctor's appointments mm-hmm. and, um, you know, follow-ups. I'm getting to that point where um, you know, I'm not that old yet, but, I, you know, it's getting there. It's getting there where, you know, it's going to have to be like prostate checks and things yeah. like that. So those are on her horizon. So just making sure that mm-hmm. I'm on top of my health and um, being mindful of that. Sounds like that brother's going to be making health a priority. That sounds good to me. Dr. Bashir, when we come back, I want to talk about presentations you've made to the Divine Nine and then how we can figure out how the Divine Nine can help you. That sounds great. All right. Men Making Health a Priority on the new 1017 The Truth, presented by all of us. We'll be right back. This is Men Making Health a Priority, presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Ken Harris, Men Making Health a Priority. I want to thank you for being with us in this final segment. I uh, want to reintroduce Selwyn Jarvis from Omega Sci-Fi and Lawrence Bell from Phi Beta Sigma Fraternities Incorporated. It's a pleasure having you here, along with Dr. Bashir Easter. All right, let's go. The, the resident, uh, I'm going to push your buttons and make you say stuff that you didn't think you was going to say, <laughs> but then you end up saying it anyway because we just having an intimate conversation. Yes. Really about the title of this show, Men Actually Making Health a Priority. And before we we went to break, Selwyn was just talking about the things 
that he's decided he's going to do with his life and, <laughs> and make changes. You know, we, we, we talk about it, but it really is a life change. It is. It really yeah. is an ultimate. You know, luckily, Lawrence is young enough <laughs> that he has a, a brighter horizon, right? Mm-hmm. He has time to – he'll see very – very specific things happen in the black community in relation to health mm-hmm. because, you know, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated has an avenue for him to jump in. Mm-hmm. I know Omega Psi Phi has one, right? Omega Psi Phi Fraternity, been around since 1911, has been doing things in a community mm-hmm. like Alpha Phi Alpha, like Kappa Alpha Psi, like Iota Phi Theta that has really made changes. Mm-hmm. But now you've been making presentations to Divine Nine chapters, because I remember when I was in Oshkosh. Yes, right. You came up to Oshkosh. I did. one for Alpha Phi Alpha for I our did. district conference. What type of presentations are you making to the Divine Nine? Well, we're doing a new push, really, because nationally, as I talked about, that uh, the Panhellenic Group are already involved. Okay. Locally, we want them to know that. Okay. We want them to understand that you're already involved in this program, so what can we do locally? So we're doing a real big push to be able to say, how do we all come together and have this conversation? Not just individually and in your um, sororities and fraternities. Let's all come together as the Divine Nine here in Milwaukee to be able to make a big push about health and then also seeing if individuals we want to enroll in the program. Mm-hmm. And what we also want to do is is to have different focus groups, conversations. We have a community advisory board. We're looking to build a participant advisory board. And we need those voices. We need them to be champions in this um, locally and mm-hmm. not just nationally. So, yeah, we're looking to have more conversations. We have Vivian King uh, that does a lot of the work to push us forward. She's a Delta. Um, and so our, our director, Gina Green-Harris, is also a Delta. So we're really doing a big push to get all the Divine Nine together in Milwaukee to make a big effort uh, to enroll in the program. How can Omega Sci-Fi step up and help Bashir locally in terms of pushing this forward? Um, I believe we have a, a, a very good footprint in the community. Um, some programs, I mean, we already do the Charles R. Drew Blood Drive uh-huh. annually. Right. Um, Dr. Quake, who Smith helped start Brother You're On My Mind. So it's, a, you know, again, there's certain things that we already do by reaching out to brothers, not only within the organization, but just to check up on them. We could also help spread the word about all of us and some of the research that's out there to mm-hmm. help people focus on their health. But I think by partnering with all of us, it will be um, impactful for us to start tying those to our programs, um, making sure that the literature, the information is out there. Um, when placing these phone calls, checking on each other, that we um, talk about health specifically, um, you know, opportunities for follow-up, you know, for getting more information, um, even DNA-type information to really combat any future ailments. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think there's several things from our organizational standpoint that we would look forward to partnering with all of us on. And Phi Beta Sigma, you 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 have wellness, but how can all of us be plugged in? You know, someone talked about the, you know, t- you're already talking to brothers anyway. Right? You're already having conversations, checking on them. Is wellness just another question you ask or is it something you add to it how, how does how would Phi Beta Sigma make that work um I guess I would I would say it's something to to add to it uh, right now I think that the 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 part of wellness is not focused on as much as it it should mm-hmm. uh, however in in my mind I always look at it like um, brotherhood scholarship and services are our, our folks our principals 
can't have brotherhood without good health. You can't have scholarship without good health. You can't have service without good health. So I think that uh, it should kind of like be more so of the the forefront of some things that we do. Uh, and I think that with with help, of course, from all of us and then from brothers within Phi Beta Sigma, I think we can help each other in the aspect of um, us giving them, you know, information to help the future generations and then them giving us information so that we can not only pass it on to our community and each other, um, but help ourselves and, and, and be able to continue on in the service and the uh, brotherhood and scholarship that we are doing in our community. Doc, I want to add some things. We are Absolutely. also, as we focus on, is we saw uh, community scientists. This is a new way of thinking, right? It's not a new term. But this data that is, it's coming from Milwaukee, right? It's coming from mm-hmm. Wisconsin. So we also believe that the, the groups are able to do this as we are hoping to be able to pull that data and use what we call the workbench to be able to utilize this data to talk about what's happening locally. That the, also another way we, we believe that the um, our fraternities and sororities can help us in this effort is to have these individuals who are our doctors and our physicians and right. our scientists that right. are in this to help us in that process because they actually have the title to pull this data because you can't just get it without applying for it, right? And so they have the credentials to do so. So I think that would be another good push for us all to come together to have that collective to use this data that we can use um, to help people in our community. So will they be able to stratify it based on the organization? Yeah, they actually could. They could do it in multiple ways, right? It's worth okay. having the conversation. I think that's the difference. We haven't had it. Okay. Well, it's bringing us together to have the conversation to say how do mm. we all come together to make this push. That's a different conversation that I don't think has been right. had in right. Milwaukee or Wisconsin. And there's a lot of information from the public health department that's still not being used, right? Maybe individually, but not as a collective. So essentially, mm-hmm. right, Selwyn can go in have a medical doctor from Omega Sci-Fi come in, pull information. They could get a snapshot of Omega Sci-Fi as a national fraternity, everybody that's put in, and say, here's a snapshot of your fraternity. This is, this based on this, we can tell that your membership is going to grow because people are living longer. Mm-hmm. Or... We have a few disparities in here that we need to really start looking at. And some of the programming you're doing for wellness, like in Phi Beta Sigma, we're going to have to take and maybe change it from this to this. All from information That's from all of us. That's powerful right there. That's powerful. And so imagine if every fraternity and every sorority connected with all of us. Mm. I could go back and say, hey, Delta Sigma Theta, it looks like your health is you know, phenomenal However, you have an underlying this that's running through your organization. Mm. So your, your, your internal programs on health and wellness need to push women to do this. Yeah. Mm. That is that's powerful because mm-hmm. research is all we have. You know, the data doesn't, you know, we like to pretend data lies, but data really doesn't lie. So I, I find it interesting that I can have my fraternity literally looked at through all of us mm. so that I can tell the future of, of, of the individual, the chapter, the state, the region, 
or the entire organization. You know, it's so interesting you say that, uh, Ken, because they're looking for, and I say they, the National Institute mm-hmm. for Health, right. are looking for pilots, right, ways to be able to try to say how can this program be used. What you just stated was really sounds like a major pilot that could be discussed. And you I expect said, my name on it. That. <laughs> because I that's expect not my name on it. Uh, so I think we, that's some stuff that we should talk more about okay. and see what we can do because that makes a lot of sense, right? It, it actually actually um, it activates the data, right? It makes right. it relevant right. real time instead of it just being something so far gone or way in the future. What can you use right now? And so speaking of activation, on Wednesday, September 14th, you have a presentation coming, right? I do. I'll be presenting to, uh, again to the Divine Nine about this as I did before. Uh, and hopefully they all listen to it, uh, to this as we're talking about today. Uh, but I do want to make sure that as we have this discussion, it's how do we bring that? And I definitely uh, think I'm going to have that conversation, as you said. Or maybe you should say it. Doctor, have that whole conversation. Bring it up to Dr. Kareem Watson if we can get him to hear this. <laughs> all right. That will work. And so partnering with fraternities and sororities, all of us is going to extend what they're already doing. That would be exactly. The thing is, you're de-identified. So we really have to have a conversation of how do you make it centralized, right? How do you get that information to get back to be specific to that sorority or fraternity? But the point is... It's definitely a conversation, right? I mean, you got my my head spinning right now how that can be used in real time, that they can actually mm-hmm. use uh, directly to make some changes in their in their health organization as well. That makes a lot of sense. So how do I learn about all of us? So all of us, you can actually, for Wisconsin, you go to all of us. Uh, .wisc.edu if you're interested in joining into the program. Uh, we can also we have an enrollment on 1020 North 12th Street. That's our office at the Center Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Mm-hmm. We are enrolling. Uh, if you want to do an enrollment in walk-ins, we are taking walk-ins. But if you want to also, you want to um, say I want to schedule time, just go to the all of us. Uh, edu, and then we can go ahead and get you scheduled for an appointment as well to get you in. And so I can also call 888-294-2661. That is correct. 888-294-2661. So really there's no way that I should be able to avoid all of us. I mean, at, at oh, some point, it everywhere. Yeah. You, you just, there's no, I couldn't get in touch with all of us. I couldn't call, well, you can call, you can email. Yes. You can just go to the website. You go to the website, up. yes. Okay. How much information am I giving you? How long is that going to take me? So I did say it's about three hours, and let okay. me explain to you what that means, because you're, it's, it takes your time to read it. What we're asking people to do is go online first. Mm-hmm. Create your profile Got first. It. Get that done. That cuts down it down to two hours to to one hour. Really? Now. Yes, because okay. now all we're doing is is doing your blood, your urine, your physical measurements, giving you information. But you've done all of the upfront work, and then we can get you in a lot faster. Men Making Health a Priority, Selwyn Jarvis from Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Thank you so much. Appreciate having you. Thank you for having me. And Brother Lawrence Bell, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Great having you. Thank you. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. This is Truth in the Afternoon. Making health a priority is something that all of us does. Today, it's about men making health a priority. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Doc. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during Men Making Health a Priority are solely that of the hosts or guests and not those of 1017 The Truth, Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC, or All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships.